I'm Warren Perry, and we're here in the National Portrait Gallery in the President's Gallery with David Ward, NPG historian. David, we're standing in front of a case that contains two life masks and two hand casts of Abraham Lincoln. Can you tell us a little bit about these interesting pieces? Sure, I'd be happy to. First of all, um, it's, it's good that you mentioned that they are life masks because people, when they look at them for the first time in particular, think that they're death masks. People are familiar with the notion of a death mask, a remembrance of a loved one, or a remembrance of some great statesman. So people say, oh, they, they must be death masks. And, and of course, they're white, they're inert, so they, they have that aura about them of being a cadaverous. But in fact, they're not. And, and it was very important in the 19th century as photography was getting going that people know what, they're, what, what other people look like. It was a big um, cultural issue. It was a big theme in American society of representation. And one of the ways that you did it was through life masks that would give an absolute perfectly accurate depiction of someone. There was no interpretation by the painter, no, or the artist. It, it, it was a, a plaster of Paris mask that was put on your face and recorded it accurately. And what we have at the Portugal, we were very fortunate, we have an early life mask of Lincoln Dunn. You'll notice also smooth-faced. He hasn't yet grown the beard that he would um, in 1861. And then, most touchingly, the, the, the older one, which is taken a month or two before his assassination, in which you can see the lines and the age marks on, scored on his face, like as, as if with a knife. He, of course, also, you can see the beard in this. You can see also that his hair is much thinner. Um, and you see, and they're reflected in these two life masks, what the toll that the war took on him, that Lincoln, who was a melancholic personality anyway, internalizing the struggle, internalizing the political issues, but most of all internalizing the great magnitude of the conflict, internalizing in many ways every death that, that, that the, uh, on the battlefields or in, in the home front, um, seems in some ways to index the, the, the conflict through this very personality and physiognomy. I'm always, I've been interested in the hands, just, to, just as a kind of afterthought here, that because Lincoln, uh, was, was really a working class president. He comes out of, of course, terrible poverty, tries to make himself um, successful in the middle middle America, the old Northwest, Indiana, Illinois. Um, he, 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 he you know, was famous, of course, for being a, an axeman, the, the rail splitter, the famous stories of him as a plowboy working for his father's um, very, very poor farm. Um, but that Lincoln, rose from the, the although albeit of, of a member of the Whig Party, um, the, the party of internal improvements, the party of Henry Clay, but the party of economic progress, if you will, that he rose on the backs of his, of, of his own labor. And these hands, to me, are very moving, um, that, that Lincoln was, in a sense, a self-created, self-made man, and, and that his hands are almost a symbolic evocation of that. Now, tell us because it must have been incredibly difficult to sit through having a life mask made of yourself. Can you give us an inkling of how that process worked? It, it, there had to be a little bit of pain involved in this. Yeah, I think that there was. I mean, in fact, there's a famous case. Um, Thomas Jefferson, I think in 1819, there was a man um, named Broer, J.H. Broer, who was making a, a, um, 
a kind of early version of Madame Tussauds and was going around taking life masks of major American political figures, particularly of the re of revolutionary generation as they got older. And the, the reported Jefferson, who wasn't very, in very good health in the late 18-teens, nearly died because bro air, you know, there were little air holes, you'd have little straws poked into your nose, but you had to lie perfectly still while several pounds, six, seven pounds of plaster of Paris was put on your head to, uh, you know, to make the mold. And Jefferson, who was polite to a fault, didn't sort of alert Brouwer that he was suffocating and, and uh, came, um, had a very, a very unpleasant time. In fact, Jefferson's daughters thought at one point that they would sue Brouwer because Jefferson did go into, into a, a bad period of health. Um, so no, it wasn't something um, that, I mean, it wasn't you know, ridiculously dangerous, but it was uncomfortable, it was unpleasant, and I, but it was also a sense that people did feel, like Lincoln, who was very, Lincoln was, 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 was always having his picture taken. He, he was very conscious of the new media photography, but he was also aware that as an unknown coming out of middle America, unknown particularly to the Eastern power brokers of the Republican Party, um, that he needed to have his picture, had to need to have his face in front of the public that he was appealing to for votes. And so he was, he was very conscious that he needed to be an image maker as well as a statesman, and the life mask was one way of doing that.